Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome, my listener friends. In this episode of the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast, we're going to talk about PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I chose this topic because in addition to it being a very common experience of many women in this country, it's actually something that I've recently discussed in my online fellowship course. And so I thought it would be very timely to discuss it here on this podcast as well. Let's start with what PCOS is. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. The really key word there in addition to polycystic and ovarian, is syndrome. A syndrome is a constellation of symptoms, which means that if you have someone, if you are someone with PCOS, your experience or whoever you know who has PCOS, their experience of PCOS could be very different than someone else who's diagnosed with the condition. Again, it's a syndrome, which is a constellation of different symptoms. And there's three specific categories of symptoms. The first is irregular menses. That could be too long, too short. It could be that the menstrual period is absent for certain windows of time. And that can actually be very difficult, having irregular periods. It can be challenging for predicting fertility, for predicting PMS experiences, and even for planning, for example, for an upcoming vacation. In addition to irregular periods, the next component is high androgen levels. What does that mean? High androgen levels can lead to various kinds of changes in the body. For example, it could include a loss of hair at the top of the head, and yet an increase in hair in other parts of the body, as well as acne. And the third component is ovarian cysts, and these can be often seen on ultrasound but not always because cysts can also change with fluctuations in hormones. So they are not always seen on ultrasound. Those are the three important components of PCOS. And again, I could have three patients with PCOS in front of me and they could all experience the syndrome very differently. As I mentioned, this is something that affects a significant percentage of women. In fact, 15% of reproductive aged women struggle with symptoms of PCOS. And this has a number of different impacts. It impacts reproduction because it can lead to fertility challenges. We'll talk more about that. It has metabolic impacts. For example, it's associated with insulin resistance, and that's something that can be a precursor to diabetes. It's also associated with other metabolic challenges, such as weight gain or difficulty losing weight and psychiatric components. And that's one of the main reasons we're talking about PCOS on this podcast is because of the psychiatric manifestations and associations. It's associated with depression, anxiety, and challenges with self-esteem. And we'll talk more about all three of those. Now, the exact mechanism of PCOS is actually unknown, but there's a number of different contributions. As I mentioned, insulin resistance, that's an important contribution that leads to the experience and manifestation of symptoms of PCOS. 
Another important underlying mechanism is inflammation. And we've talked about inflammation in various conditions. Inflammation plays a role in depression. It plays a role in stress. It's actually an important component of various cardiac conditions. Inflammation in the body has multiple potential manifestations, and it's something that is a contributing mechanism to PCOS as well. There's the component of genetics and, of course, the role of excess androgens. Now, there are a number of medical and psychiatric consequences of PCOS. Let's briefly review some of the medical consequences because, of course, medical illness and medical challenges impact our mental health. And then we'll spend a little bit more time talking about the psychiatric consequences. The medical consequences of PCOS oftentimes lead to challenges with fertility. And once an individual is able to conceive, it has additional complications. It's associated with gestational diabetes. It's associated with perinatal hypertension, elevated blood pressure in pregnancy. It can be associated with an increased risk of miscarriage and premature delivery. It also has medical impacts outside of pregnancy and fertility, including an association and consequence of NASH, which is non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, or essentially fatty liver, metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome, just like we talked about PCOS as a syndrome, is a constellation of symptoms. And metabolic syndrome, the symptoms include things like diabetes and high cholesterol. And another medical consequence associated with PCOS is sleep apnea. So what about the mental health consequences and associations with PCOS? There was a really interesting 2018 meta-analysis that actually took a look at 57 different studies and 172,000 plus patients. And they found that those with PCOS actually had increased rates of depression and anxiety diagnosed. They also noticed an association with higher rates of OCD. The association with bipolar disorder was somewhat inconsistent, but there was an increase in somatization disorders. And these are conditions where someone focuses heavily on physical symptoms like pain to the point of functional impairment. And so they found that essentially PCOS has nearly three times the odds of depressive symptoms and four times the odds of anxiety symptoms. A very similar conclusion was drawn by a 2020 systematic review that looked at 46 different studies across the world. So it included the UK, China, US, Iran, and others. And because on this podcast we often talk about perinatal conditions, I also want to mention that there was a review that looked specifically at postpartum depression and found significantly higher rates of postpartum depression in individuals with diagnosed PCOS. So let's talk about a little bit more in depth the psychological components of PCOS. There's a few important themes. The first is self-esteem issues. Now, appearance has such a high value in our society today, and honestly, our expectations are quite unrealistic for many women. If you take that and couple that with the physical challenges that many women with PCOS experience, It's often a recipe for low self-esteem, which really means that it's even more important to do psychological work on self-acceptance, 
and to make changes that will help an individual feel informed and empowered. And we're going to discuss some specific interventions later on in this episode. The next important component is a decreased quality of life. Many studies actually show a relationship between PCOS and a decreased quality of life. Quality of life is essentially a health measure that's usually assessed using questionnaires in various studies. And these are questions about physical health, psychological health, social relationships, limitations and functional impairments and independence, spirituality and the environment. The questionnaires ask, have you suffered from a bad mood due to PCOS? Or have you felt tired? Or have you felt unsatisfied with your sexual life? And what they found in the studies is that individuals with PCOS do report a lower quality of life score compared to those without the diagnosis. There's also an issue with sexual satisfaction. Self-esteem, we know, impacts libido. And mental health symptoms also impact sexual health and well-being. For example, depression can impact arousal and desire. So there are often sexual satisfaction issues with individuals who struggle with PCOS. The next important component is appearance changes. And again, honestly, all of these psychological components that I'm mentioning are interrelated. You can't separate them out. They all impact each other. But appearance changes impact body image, and that can actually have an impact on the development of certain kinds of eating disorders or other mental health consequences. And finally, there's the fertility challenges. One of the most common causes of fertility challenges, in fact, is PCOS. But interestingly, there are also some misconceptions. For example, someone with PCOS have been told that they cannot conceive. Consequently, they might actually not use contraception appropriately and are therefore surprised with a pregnancy. Now, we've previously discussed the psychological impacts of fertility struggles on this podcast. And so I would refer you to last season's episode 32, when we talk about the psychological challenges of infertility and infertility awareness. So given all of these consequences, psychological consequences and components of PCOS, what do we do with this information? I think one of the most important things is seeking support and learning more about PCOS. If you suspect that you might have PCOS, I would strongly encourage you to get an evaluation and a diagnosis if this is accurate. This can really open up various avenues to treatment and healing. Knowledge can be very psychologically helpful. Then, after the diagnosis, you can work towards gathering information and dispelling misconceptions that you might have about the condition. And going back to the very first part of this recommendation, seeking support. I will note several different organizations in the show links that provide support and camaraderie around the diagnosis of PCOS. After that, I would encourage self-compassion work. That could be in therapy or on your own. A diagnosis does not define a person, and self-compassion work can be really helpful towards accepting the diagnosis and then moving towards the next step, which could include seeking help from a professional. If there's an anxiety or a depression condition that could be treated, you will feel much better. 
and seeking help for the underlying diagnosis of PCOS as well. There are a number of treatment tools that we have for PCOS. There are certainly prescription medications, and you could work with your primary care doctor or an endocrinologist around those prescription medication tools, but there are also non-prescription options. There's some interesting data on certain kinds of supplements like inositol, which can help regulate blood sugar, as well as non-biological treatment tools like exercise. There was a really interesting 2021 systematic review of exercise as a treatment tool for PCOS. It actually included 15 different articles, and it measured a significantly improved quality of life. There's that quality of life measure that we talked about before, as well as improved depression and anxiety scores in a number of the articles that were included in the review. Now, it was unable to prescribe specifics about the exercise because there was a lot of heterogeneity there, but they did conclude that women with PCOS who are more physically active report fewer symptoms of depression than sedentary women with PCOS, and that's a really important finding. Now, in the end, while PCOS affects such a large proportion of women in this country and has significant psychological components, it is important to remember that there are different ways to treat this condition and that that psychological and self-compassion work is essential. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.